you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. Damashek football program available on iTunes and at davedamashek.nfl.com. Now here's your host, Dave Damashek. Hi and hello, football fans. It's your old pal Dave, Dave Damashek. Welcome to the Dave Damashek football program available as always on iTunes, Stitcher, and nfl.com slash Shek. S-H-E-K, Shek, Shek, Shek. Oh, we have much to talk about. Championship rounds are underway in two of the major sports, but somehow pro football continues to win out on the uh, sports pages and on the dot-coms. Certainly that's true at NFL.com. I appreciate, nay, I demand that you go and check out a couple of things that I've got up there. We're going to talk about them a little bit here with the guys gathered in 66 in just a second here. But first, let me tell you, I've redone the triplets. I've done it twice before. We now have version three up there for your perusal. And it's a stunner because some people are unhappy with the with the way I've structured this. The 1 through 32, I rank who's got the best offensive triplets. Of course, this popularized by those early 90s Cowboys, Aikman, Emmett, and Irvin. Now who has the best these days? We'll talk about that in a second, as well as uh, we brought it up on the last show, and it was a good show. A lot of feedback on it, as a matter of fact. Mike Haynes, all-time great cornerback, joined us in here for a long and uh, and great conversation, especially if you like looking back at some of uh, the history of pro football. He was great on that, as well as talking about the future of pro football, specifically in L.A., and talking about sort of adapting your playing style for rules changes, and uh, and he had to do it, and, and why it's not that big a deal for current players to do. Anywho, go back and listen to all that. But we talked to Mike Haynes as well about uh, naming the NFL MVP trophy. This seems like something they should do. Everybody knows what the Stanley Cup looks like, even if you don't care about hockey. Everybody knows what that looks like. Why? Because it has a cool name and it's cool looking. Why doesn't the NFL MVP do the same thing? I solicited the opinions of many big-time NFL players. J.J. Watt, Antonio Brown, Demarcus Ware, Calvin Johnson, and so on. Joe Namath even, and got their opinions on it. And uh, so we that we have a video of that with the actual trophies created. And uh, it's pretty cool if I do say so. Well, really, because it has nothing to do with me. It has to do with uh, porn tie behind the glass who cut it, as well as the graphics <laughs> team who did all the uh, the heavy lifting with making those things. By the way, porn tie, no more porn tie, we've decided. Yes. Not because of the self-righteous people. The, some people on Mount Pius dropped me a line and said porn tie is uh, – that's uh, that's inappropriate at the NFL. Thank you, random person, for looking out for the shield. But uh, but uh, well, I agree porn- with I agree with said random person. Well, you said that the mustache porn tie is going away anyway, <laughs> and that will make you not. But you're from Tennessee, correct? So don't we have to make you tie tie or t tie? Either t tie or power tie. 
for power power tea. tie. That's what they call it. UT. They call the T that they have their logo the power T. So really? I think power tie is good. Let's I'll let's, go with that. Let's address that right now with uh, with the two voices you just heard there. First of all, let's say hello to our pal all the way from London, England. Now he's our resident Miami Dolphins fan. It's handsome Hank. Hello, handsome. How are you? I'm good, thank you, Dave. How are you? You're not great, though. I just uh, you just shared with me uh, before we got going here that you were off sick the last couple. I was, days. yeah. I didn't know where you were. I thought you were off at some power brokering meeting. No, 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 no. My the the uh, the 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 halls of uh, handsome Hank Hall were mm. awash with vomit earlier this week. <laughs> <laughs> it was uh, it was a it was a bad place to be. Oh, but I'm back now and I'm I'm feeling a lot better. Thank you for uh, your concern. Good. Well, I was concerned as soon as I found out you were sick and whether right. or not you were still contagious. I'm I probably am. And if Good. anything's gonna gonna um, get you is this the the confines of Studio 66. Well, you know who I know will play through that and uh, and come through like a champion. One of our very favorites here back in Studio 66 after taking a week or two away. Here he is, everybody. It's Bucky Brooks. What's the poop with you, fella? What's going on, fellas? How's everything? I, I, I need a theme song. I want a theme you song. You know what, Bucky? That's a the great The artist point. formerly known as Porn Tie. I, I want a theme song. We need to come up with something. <laughs> what is yeah, it? Well, yeah. listen. We can work on that. Yeah, we will work on it. But do you have – just give me a genre that you that uh, we might want to run free. Well, with. I mean, it has to be something hip-hop, something old, some, like old school related. Just something Old nice school. Yeah. All right. Be something nice. All right, I'll, let, me, let me. I know we have to deal with rights fees, so like just something instrumental, something nice. Right. I like Bucky. And then <laughs> I, oh I dear. I don't, I, don't know, I don't know. I don't know about. I that, listen. Like, I, you've I, sent something. me off in a direction. Now there's no stopping me. So so handsome. You were you sick yesterday? No, two days ago. Okay, because because yesterday you kind of caused me to have a bit of a firestorm on. Yeah, Twitter. I did. I'm sorry about that. You know I, what I, I did? I, 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 I lit the t- I lit the match. He lit, he lit I, the match. He lit Twitter. the match after after Cam Newton's deal comes through. Handsome. Uh, but wait, that was two days ago. That was, was when it I was two days sick. ago. Yeah, that was when I was. Oh, sick. see, he was sitting around. I knew he was stirring it up. Yeah. So he was like, uh, I think Cam's record is some ungodly record. Like four and twenty-five. I saw your back, tweet back, and I started to look points. through numbers uh, yeah, four, and to respond four, to you. Four, yeah. four and something when the the defense gives up over twenty points. Right. I was like, but then he puts by contrast, Tom Brady is whatever. So I was like, <laughs> right. So then I did a little bit of research. There's no one with a winning record outside of Tom Brady when the defense plays like. Hey, that. look, I just wanted to see what would happen if I put that. And, and, and I got a good response. A very, well. very, very good response. But there was one guy who was on your face, who was a Pittsburgh fan, and I knew that he was going going to go hard about Big Ben Roethlisberger, and so I was fine because I'm a Big Ben fan. But I, I felt like he was a little out of line, so I had to kind of let him know. So, but but Peyton Manning has a similar record like that, doesn't he? To Tom Brady's that when the and I'll give the number first of all. Yeah. Well, I, I I don't have it off the top of my head, but I think it was something like Cam is like four and twenty five when he's behind by twenty when his when his when defense, defense gives, gives up, up more than 20. twenty points. Tom Brady was, and I am really am making this up, but let's say it's 50, it was fifty two and, and thirty nine. Fifty two and thirty nine. Thirty nine when his defense gives up twenty points. Bucky's right. I took the first, and I took Cam because obviously that was oh, it was a nice, but, it was a nice tease. And so I couldn't find exactly his stat with the twenty because what I found online it was nineteen to twenty-one or whatever what right. their records were. So I threw that out and said, when your defense gives up twenty-two or more points, uh, what are the records? And so Drew Brees, thirty-nine and seventy-seven. Ooh. Eli Manning, 25 and 70. Flacco, 16 and 30. Big Ben is 20 and 40 when the Steelers give up 22 or more points. Uh, Matt Ryan, 19 and 44. Romo, 23 and 38. Peyton Manning, 54 and 79. Eesh. Oh, I know what it is with Peyton. Peyton's one is that if his team scores. It's probably something. It's crazy. 21, they always win or they have a, you know. Andrew uh, Luck is actually. Like right at five hundred, when his team it's gives up a million, because they always do. Because they, they never haven't right. given up twenty. Well, that's true. Yeah, so he he's right there. So of all the guys, he and Aaron Rodgers. Are well, I want to get into Cam Newton here right now. Let's start with this though. As I mentioned, I have undertaken a righteous cause. You know, the Heisman <laughs> Trophy for legitimately for the twenty first century has rarely equaled pro success. Not that's why that's not why they give out the Heisman Trophy, but it had a different meaning. 
you know, two generations ago, because generally speaking, if you won the Heisman, right. it promised pro football success and it meant you were really the best player. Now, you know, now it's the the underclassmen win it. It's all, you know, the really the 90s. And they gave it to a defensive player that they shouldn't have in 97 that we won't even talk about. <laughs> He's talking about Peyton Manning not winning because Charles Woodson got it. You didn't like Charles Woodson getting the Heisman? No. I wonder why. You, you thought Peyton should have got it, did you? No, no doubt. <laughs> oh, right. I'm, I'm connecting who they beat. I'm like, you have no Big Ten ties, and I forgot. You power tie. He beat power, out, he beat power, out power, tie. power ties uh, friend there, Peyton Manning. But everybody knows really what ruined the Heisman, maybe for for you know our generation and the next one, is you know Jason White getting it and guys like that. Those, those guys had just no yeah. future. You, they really should think about that when they're voting. We want our Heisman Trophy winners to go on. Well, for the next 10 years and be big stars, and then they always bring up Heisman Trophy and NFL MVP. Jason White was never going to do that. Charlie Ward, for me, was the one where yeah. it's like, <laughs> how important can it be for you to be the best player in college football? And then you're like, I don't even want to do this. <laughs> that was that to me yeah. was where, and that was a long time ago now, but that was the one where it's like, hang on, does this mean anything? I know, and I think there were three straight in the 80s, three Heisman winners who didn't go to the NFL either. They all went to the USFL instead. Right. Maybe it was four because Herschel won it, in 80, and then I think there's a little break there. But um, who? Uh, Mike Rogier won it, and Bo Jackson won it, and Doug Flutie won it. Yeah. All those guys went to right. the USFL over the uh, the NFL. And then there anyway. was the Eric Crouch, Jason White, you mentioned. You yeah. Know, that period of time where... It all amounts to the Heisman Trophy not having any actual relevance you know, in, in the world of, I mean, it has, I don't mean to completely say it's a, a meaningless thing, but it certainly doesn't have the profile it once did. And yet, ask anybody, even if they're not football fans, they could tell you exactly what the Heisman Trophy looks like. They could do the pose and everything <laughs> else. Same thing with the Stanley Cup. Even if you don't watch Puck, you can envision what that thing looks like and you the iconic thing, the player skating around with it. On the other side, think of the World Series trophy. What's that? The, the, the only thing that you ever think of, if you think of it at all, is George Costanza dragging it around behind his car in that Seinfeld episode. It, it, so the, the name and the look of the trophy are everything. The Lombardi, has, it's sleek and cool looking. It has the great name attached to it. Why not the NFL MVP? After all, pro football is America's most popular sport. Shouldn't the best player in that sport get a trophy that everybody knows what it looks like? Oh, he's oh, he's playing for that. He's playing for the Elway. Oh, he's playing for the Unitas. So <laughs> shouldn't it be cool like that? I've asked a bunch of players. I asked J.J. Watt. I'm not going to tell you who he said, but I do want to go through a couple. I'll show you what these trophies look like, and then I want to get your thoughts. Real quick, here's one that came up. Justin Houston suggested this one. And I can't remember the other player who did, but the Ray Lewis trophy. What do you think about that? It's a good-looking trophy at the very least. It, nice. It does look good. I, I, you know, I don't, I don't know about MVP though. Like MVP typically doesn't go to a defensive player. Right. So oh, so what? Really? I, I'm going, yeah. there, I mean, it looks good, but there are going to be better options. Yeah. All right. Let's look at a couple other ones here. There's the I Randy like Moss trophy. Yeah, Jarvis Landry, if you're Miami Dolphins, mm-hmm. handsome, suggested that one, and uh, but, that's but a pretty you, cool one. Shouldn't you have won MVP if you hmm. if you're gonna be named? You bring up good a good point. point. Let's yeah, see right. another one then. Let's see maybe if uh, yeah there see he's won. I think Peyton's won the most of them. Yeah, that's a cool pose too, right? That's a that's what I he mean, looks like behind. Yeah, the I mean line. I, you're right. You have Peyton certainly was yeah five or six how, how something many like that. But, yeah. So he he has won the most. So if you're gonna name it after a guy, I'm okay. I'm did, okay with that. All right, Peyton, well, who should it be? Hans? Did Peyton pay them to slim his waist down a little bit in that? <laughs> <laughs> that trophy is uh, – he's packed on a few pounds since then. What do you think, Handsome? Who should it – go I ahead. Think Pey- I mean, look, if, let's say Peyton um, pulled the plug on his career after this season, which seems like it might happen. I think Peyton's probably as good a choice as anyone. Bucky, how say you? Uh, I'm okay with that. I, I would think – it has to be someone that's iconic. Right. I would think like That's the point. Because imagine it's a, the NFL MVP. Nobody knows. Isn't it weird that I could sit here and uh, I'm sure the three of us could handsome, you count yourself a college football fan, but you're not a diehard. You're probably more likely to be able to tick off the last ten Heisman winners than you are the NFL MVPs. It just doesn't resonate right. when it's not tied to something in your brain. Yeah, I mean Payton Payton would be a good choice. I think you could make the argument 
Brett Favre won it three straight yes, times. Yes, Favre would uh, be a good one. I was in Green Bay during that time. I, th- I think he would have a level of cachet. Uh, to put his name on Wait, there. wait. So what, what does your being in Green Bay during that time have? Well, well Bucky, I, I what he's it. trying to say, what he's, saying there, <laughs> what he's saying there is he was partially responsible oh, for this. Oh, I get it. I can read it. I, I, like I, I saw it. What I, that's I saw what it. I, I, I felt it. Like, yeah. I, like that's, that's, what it, that's what it should feel he like. Attribute, I know that Favre attributes at least one of them to Bucky. How many – did you catch any touchdown passes from nope. Favre? Nothing. I was there uh, when I got signed. I played wide receiver for the rest of that year. And then I moved to defense. So what I was able to do, I can't take some personal success because on scout team, when I was acting as the other team, I was a scout, scout team corner that he would always pick on. So, oh, congratulations! We'll, we'll that. yeah. That's pretty How cool. How about that? Hey, Buck, if what if the, what if it was the Bucky Brooks Award? I would like that. What would the spe- what would the <laughs> pose be? What's the iconic Bucky Brooks? What what would his teammates say is how Bucky Brooks? Oh, when I think of him, I think of him. Mm, I don't know. It'd have to be something just being caught around. from behind. Yeah, just something <laughs> running around. I I don't know. I don't even know what what you who you would give that award to. Like I huh. lined up lined special. up as the gunner on the yeah. It has to be a special teams award. That's the only thing I could think about. Well, <laughs> hey, oh, is that Marino would be a good one. Marino would. Be I thought good. about. I thought about that. I, I thought would, about. I Marino mean, I would go with Marino, and he he he's got some good poses. He's got some classic poses. Like what? Limping when uh, limping. He likes to point. At I wonder if they could well. put he those big him shouting at somebody. Yeah, shouting him at fake someone. spiking. Yep. Or those big high tops. You got to make sure that the trophy yeah. has like yeah, those yeah. big old thick high tops to make sure they took care of his lower body. Yeah, they might have to massage the look of the yeah, trophy yeah. though, so those so start racing <laughs> giant uh, knee pad, knee, knee, knee braces, yeah. knee brace things he wore. The flak pads. Um, anyway, go check out at NFL.com. It's uh, naming the trophy. Uh, let us know your thoughts on that. Now let's talk about something that is also at NFL.com. It's all, listen, it's June. I throw these out there, and then people get very upset about the, the way I rank these things. It's the triplets. As I say, you know, Aikman, Irvin, Emmett, they won three Super Bowls. Three Hall of Famers. Yes, the triplets, as they came to be known were iconic. They rise above the great offensive line and Charles Haley and everybody else. That's what people seem to remember about those teams. And somewhere, I guess, I think it was maybe after either a big Aaron Rodgers performance or maybe it was a big, maybe it was one of those 500-yard Roethlisberger games. I took to figuring out who the best triplets in the NFL were currently. So I made my list and we've done it a couple of times. So I've revised the list now for summer of 2015, and uh, and shockingly, people are upset about the way I did it. Let me show you, guys. I don't know if you've gotten a look at it. Here's the the team that I said has the number one group of triplets here in the NFL. That's right. Of course. They wear black and of gold. Of course. Of course. Where, I, I know. I agree. I mean, of course. I agree. Of course you would say that that, that of course. Of course. No, I mean, of the, the course that's the only answer. The bumblebees. That's right. The, look at the, this. The big question think, is where you had them ranked last time you did this. I, li- I had them at one because it hasn't changed. <laughs> where, where would I put them otherwise? Of other course ones? you did. Now, listen. Will they ever not be number I, one? But did you just see Levy and Bell lined up as a, uh, line up as a wide out and, and catch a little fade there? There aren't a lot of running backs, not just now, but ever, who do something like no. that. No. Hey, he's outstanding. I love Levy. Yes, of course. They're like all three outstanding. Fan. What are you talking about? There's no you, bias. What are you suggesting, Bucky, that I'm biased? Uh, very, very biased. I, I just need to see <laughs> who else do you have in the pecking order because I think you can make an argument that there's some other. I'd love for you to try to make an argument. Let's see about this one. This is the team I have at number two, and I think it's really the only team, that, the only one you can consider there. That's uh, yeah, I, right. I, I, I King I, in the North. I can, I can consider another team outside of that. Jordy Nelson is terrific. Is Jordy Nelson uh, the best receiver Aaron Rodgers has ever had? No, and I'm going to say this, and I know people are going to get mad because they're going to say that I'm devaluing what Jordy Nelson brings to the table. Very, very, very good wide receiver. Uh, ideal fit in that system. I'm not convinced that he could have the same kind of success in other places outside of that system, outside of that pairing with that quarterback. Uh, but so, uh, Well, that's a, a valid criticism then. I, I'm not clear on that. I can't uh, divide. Meaning, what, I meaning, think that's meaning, true. Meaning his talent. No, I know I James Jones. Guy. I think James I, Jones is a is a, was a certain kind of guy who Yeah, who, like all of those guys, like and this is what I give Green Bay credit for. Green Bay does a great job of developing their wide receivers. They have a very systematic approach to how they get guys ready to play wide receiver. If you look um for as long as I can go back from the nineties, um, they always take a receiver right around the second or third round. First year he serves as a punt returner, 
Second year, he works his way into the lineup as maybe the number three, eventually becomes the starter, eventually becomes the number one. They did it when Robert Brooks was there. They did it when Antonio Freeman was there, Donald Driver, Greg Jennings, Jordy Nelson, Randall Cobb, on and on and on. The system, the West Coast system that they play um, – is really predicated on the wide receiver's ability to run after the catch. The reason they favor punt returners is because those guys live in traffic, understand how to get in space. So when you throw them quick hitches and slants, they're used to maneuvering and working around defenders. They work really well. In this system with Jordy Nelson, Jordy Nelson is outstanding, does a great job working free, acting as the number one receiver. But I'm not necessarily convinced that if I take him out of there and I put him somewhere else, say I put him in Carolina, say I put him maybe in Kansas City, maybe I put him in Philadelphia, will he have the same level of success in those systems? I don't know about level of success because Aaron Rodgers is throwing him and so everybody's going to drop off almost anywhere else. But I think Jordy Nelson actually I think he's a good player. But here's here's how I judge. In in just about any system. Here's how I judge. He's a big guy. He's fast. He's big. He's fast. Like people underestimate the speed. He was a track champion in high school. So when people line up and they see a white wide receiver, they're expecting the possession receiver. And before you know it, he's by him. Very good route runner. Outstanding hands. Excellent after the catch. However, I don't know if we sat here and you brought all the DBs in, if you say we need to double-team Jordy Nelson. The way that most people kind of rate number one receivers, do they command a double-team? Do we have to double-team them to neutralize them, or are we okay playing one-on-one with those guys? Do you think – but do you think uh, – so to the original question, Greg Jennings, who's better than Jordy Nelson's ever been? And by the way, it's really Jordy a tip Nelson. of the hat to Aaron Rodgers that Greg Jennings goes off and, and basically – does or did, did very little with the Vikings. James Jones isn't a Raider anymore. That, Guys, so move on. That's a credit to, so to Rodgers. It is a huge credit to Rodgers, and that's part of what I'm talking about when you talk about systematic. Like, that system is very good, and the quarterback obviously is outstanding. He makes players better. Um, I would say maybe Jordy is the best one that Aaron Rodgers has played with because you run down that list of names. I think Donald Driver was good, but I think you can make the argument that Jordy Nelson is probably a better pro than Donald Driver has been. Uh, Same thing with Greg Jennings and those other guys. All of those guys, I think if you talked about being receivers coming out, they would probably probably rank or rate as B-plus type wide receivers, meaning that they're very good, they're solid, they don't have any noticeable flaws, they do a great job. That system and the quarterback enhances what they bring to the table. I don't know if you put them in other systems. Say you put Jordy Nelson in Pittsburgh, I don't know if he can have the same kind of success that Antonio Brown has. Well, I mean, I, I, but, I get but even John- then, But even then, I still say that those two guys are on the team that you flashed behind them. I think Seattle would rival what – Pittsburgh has in terms of the trio because now you go Russell Wilson over over uh, Ben Roethlisberger, Levy and Bell. I think what you can make you can make the argument when it comes down to playing the game or whatever. You can say that Russell Wilson say okay, so say you go check Big Ben over Russell Wilson. I do. I, I believe most people would take Marshawn Lynch over Levy and Bell, and then when it comes down, to, I don't think that's true. I believe it absolutely is true. Well, I mean, is, I, I don't know how is, we, I don't know how we is, decide that one that it, you think it. people I, would say. I'm saying it. I'm saying it. You're most saying people, you would take him. I'm saying most people would say that. If you throw that don't out there, don't speak for most people. Speak for yourself. Put I, it out. Put it out on Twitter. Most people okay, inside and outside question. the league will say, if I had to choose between two running backs, Absolutely. Marshawn Lynch, I, you know and what, Bill, Marshawn Lynch is going to be the guy because what you're saying, everything that Le'Veon Bill Bill is. Marshawn Lynch has been and continues to be. Marshawn Lynch can run it inside. He can run outside. He can catch the ball out the backfield. Coming from Cal, that is what he did. They displaced him. They put him in the slot. All those things that Le'Veon Bell does, Marshawn Lynch has done for years and years on end. The big factor is Jimmy Graham versus Antonio Brown. Most people would favor bigger and better in the red zone. I don't like the way he argues, handsome Hanky. Most people would agree with me. Put it out there. All right, but you're just saying most people would say this. Bring Ike, bring your other buddies in. Just ask him. Well, I think we know how Ike Taylor's going to come down ask this one. Ask, right? ask the guys that you bring in. Handsome, how say you? Well, I, I mean, I guess I, I think I'm want to say the same thing as Bucky, but I, you know, getting into the math of how this, how you work this out. Like, I think what you got to do is say, 
Where does Ben Roethlisberger fall on your top Correct. 10 quarterbacks? Correct. Right? So where, where do you rank him? Then where does Le'Veon Bell rank in your top 10 running backs? Where does Brown rank on your top 10 receivers? And I think you probably have to, given that you've thrown Jimmy Graham in amongst receivers, you then have to kind of do some addition and say, okay, Ben Roethlisberger, let's say he's your third, I think he is your third best quarterback in the NFL. Second. That's what you, second. Okay, so he gets nine points, right? So we'll give Roethlisberger nine points. Bell is your best running back in the NFL. Yes. In your mind. Okay, so he gets... Oh, my God. What? That, that, what? Well, oh, oh, I, 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 that's I, insane, fucking, Bucky. Bucky. Oh, oh, my gosh. Fan to say Le'Veon Bell is... Fanboy. It has nothing fan to do boy. with fanboy. And boy. I like... I like Le'Veon Bell. Why is that fanboy if it also is the oh, truth? Oh, Le'Veon gosh. Bell... I, I mean, really? You don't oh, think Le'Veon Bell is... Oh yeah, I, I, it's oh I gotta oh, rub my eyes. It's, I can't believe it. I, how what does I that mean, even mean? I mean We're not it, even finished here. Levy and Bell is ridiculous. I want to hear what Dave says. Antonio right, Brown ahead. is the what number receiver? I mean, <laughs> if I were starting a team, yep. if I were starting an NFL team, just answer the question that I asked. I didn't, well, I didn't listen, ask about you. I'm not giving you an NFL franchise. There are different ways to answer that question. If is I were he, starting a team. I would have either Calvin Johnson or Des Bryant. But who's been the best receiver the last two years? I mean, it's beyond doubt that it's uh, Antonio. How are, we judging, how are we judging best? We judging best strictly by the numbers? In this case, yes, but not necessarily. I mean, largely in terms of production, yeah. But if you're talking system, if you're if you're gonna ding it's certain guys about convenient, Bucky, is the answer to that question. I'm, I'm just asking. I'm just, I'm so just wait, asking so what you're, you're how many times do the Cowboys throw the ball versus how many times the Steelers throw the ball? Des Bryant gets more. more chances. Oh, the Steelers throw more than the Cowboys. All right. Well, last in 2014, actually, that's true. and Des right. Bryant has 16 touchdowns. So I just to, just to like go back to the actual math of how Dave is doing this out of a possible 30 points. The Steelers scored twenty nine. That's correct, right? I'm, I, but so I. That's how you rank them. I just want to make. Is that? I don't how understand why. But but you're the two of you. I'm not doing any. I, all I'm doing is be, I'm like literally putting things agree, on the chalkboard. Do you agree with Bucky? I don't necessarily agree with your rankings. All right. I, well, tell I, me where I'm wrong. Who who should be number one then? Well, I'm saying I don't agree with your rank. I don't know because I would like to. If we're going to do that that way, then I would like to do the math. The rankings are the rankings. Read them. We I would put the back. I, I would put the packet. I would rather have. I'd 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 rank Aaron Rodgers way higher than Ben Roethlisberger. So let's say you rank Roethlisberger mm-hmm. as number two, and therefore we have to assign him nine points. When I just and did those rankings it, a few weeks right. ago, I put Rodgers in a tier. Right. So of his own. so we would and have to I assign him like instead of ten points, you He'd might assign like 12 him twelve points. points. Right. Right. I hear you. And so then Eddie Lacy compared to Le'Veon Bell, I think, I think Le'Veon Bell is, is probably a, a, but I don't think it makes up that full, diff, you know, that yeah. full three-point difference. And then Jordy Nelson versus An- Antonio Brown, I think they're pretty much, they're pretty, they come out pretty much even. A wash. But I would rather have Antonio Brown and Jordy Nelson are a wash. But wait, because I would rather no, the total is a wash. But I would rather ha- Aaron Rodgers is going to make that thing work better than Ben Roethlisberger makes his thing work. <laughs> I don't, well, I mean, I, 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 you know, out of context, See, I don't know what See, to make hard. about See, it's that. Hard. It's hard for fanboy to put aside. The it has nothing. I mean, it's shame hard. on you. <laughs> it is hard. For it's shame. Hard for it's hard. It's hard. It's hard for you to. It's hard for you it's, to like. The good news is, look. the good news is, you're not. You didn't put. You know, it's not me putting the Dolphins number one and trying to. Like you, you've got a very good. You got a, you've a very created good no. Good. You well, here's what you've done. What? You said here's what you have to do. You have to assign numbers, individual rankings within their within their position. Right. But then the reason you're saying the Packers over the Steelers is because you're messing with your own system saying, well, it's not enough to say that Aaron Rodgers is the best. Well, you I just, have to give him additional points. You just told me he's on a tier of his own. That's why you can't use your method. That's why well, you got to hey, dig deeper. We're working this it's out. not just about this. It's about this. It's about this. <laughs> What's that got to do with it's it? It's my gut. Well, oh, my okay. gut tells me, you see. Right. Yeah, but I, I mean, I still, Guess what your gut's telling you every time. The trio. I, I still... I still think that you can make the argument that the Seattle Seahawks deserve to be up there. Well, you there can make over. a lot of arguments. Can you say I wouldn't that? make that. I would not make, make that. Yeah. I would not make that one. I would like here because I, in my estimation, Marshawn Lynch is better than Le'Veon Bell. Jimmy Graham. I mean, is that, better to me. But than you're, Antonio Brown. But you're and then hinge- what you're saying about Big Ben and Russell Wilson, like in the rankings that we just had with the quarterbacks, you had Big Ben at two. I had Russell at four. So okay, so according to your points. 
or whatever. Wait like a second, it's still gonna put he's still gonna put him right there. I mean, but your but Bucky's argument seems to seems to ride on that the that they're they're most they're all these faceless most people out there think Marshawn Lynch is there. better than Levy Bell, which, which I disagree with. Let's ask let's ask the kids back there behind the glass there. Uh, big tie or power tie. I'm having a hard time. Big tie. Did you just call him? Power tie. What? What's the story here? What? I mean, does do, do most people think Marshawn Lynch is better? Oh, he's waving a 12 flag. So yeah, the, the they club. do. They do not. <laughs> they, they do. All right, we'll There's take one. No, about, no doubt do. about it. Like, I want to make a do. poll. All right, we'll, we will make, put that poll, poll up. NFL.com slash Shaq. You, you can put it up. Like whether whether. It's and by the way, Jordy Nelson. The the reason that the Packers have to be second is because Jordy Nelson is considered by nobody a top five wide receiver. He produces, maybe it's not fair, but you certainly, when you start ranking them out there, you yeah, would, 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 you'd put would Dez, rank. Calvin Johnson, Antonio Brown. I wouldn't put him as a top five. I'm not saying he's a top five. All right. Like I didn't have them up there because I think there's a huge difference with Eddie Lacy. I don't think Eddie Lacy's a, a dude like that as a running back. I think he's a solid running back. I don't think he's a So your number one, Bucky, is, is the Seahawks. I was Handsome, thinking. yours is the Packers. I, wait, I did not say anything. I All I tried to do was get to the methodology of how you're working this out. I think you did say the Packers would be your number one. I think they might be. Aaron Rodgers would make it go. That's what I think. I mean, there's a, there's a lot, but if, if I mean, I. Oh, no, what you said was, I think Aaron Rodgers would make his thing work better than Ben Roethlisberger would make his thing work. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think that's been proven as well. Um, well, and then number no? four. I mean, <laughs> have they not had a little who, who do you success? Have as, who do you have at number four? The Indianapolis Colts. Uh, who's the trio? Luck, Gore, T.Y. Hilton. Do you think it should be Andre Johnson over T.Y. Uh, Hilton? I, I, wouldn't put, I wouldn't put that in. Well, that's four. Well, Gore, then who do, Gore, who do you have? I'm saying Gore is a descending player. I agree, yeah. but well, they certainly an upgrade. Are you, from, are, you saying, are you saying T.Y. Hilton is a top ten receiver? I, well, listen. After that, I'm asking. After I'm asking that, what you're saying, like I'm trying to figure out how much we're we're weighting it because of the. Quarterback. Well, I'm intrigued then to hear. So, what would be your off the top of your head? Give me your your five. I mean, I, I, I would like you to give me the like, three like a we set just of topics did. so I can I can research and don't have to come off the dome and get, get Twitter banged because <laughs> I, I can't think of all the teams that are in the league. All right, I'll I'll give you some choice. Let's go down. Let, the Colts, Luck, Gore, Hilton. It sounds the Patriots. It sounds better on the video game than it does in actuality. Okay, right. just react to them as I read them. Okay. Let's do that. The Patriots. Tom Who? Brady, LeGarrette Blunt, Rob Gronkowski. Mm. Horrible running back choice. Yeah, but That's- Gronkowski is nice. And the quarterback, the quarterback Tom is nice. I love Brady. With I the, really do. I know people people think I'm biased against him because they group me in with everyone. Tom. Oh, you're 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 down on them because no, you're I'm a shill a- for the league or something like that. Yeah. So the commissioner sent us all an email and say, listen, no one can say anything positive about Tom Brady for a little while here. Mm-hmm. Um, I like Brady quite a bit. He's just 38, and I know he just won the Super Bowl, right. but history suggests that and then the he's going to have a very hard time keeping it going here. That's right, the asterisk, too. Uh, <laughs> you like to put the asterisk. <laughs> uh, the Cowboys, Tony Romo. Man, it, last year with DeMarco Murray, I would say they're, they're number one. But without DeMarco Murray, I can't well, they, say – Last year, I can't that say, would be a good – Yeah, I can't say Darren McFadden puts them in the mix. Like as much or as Randall. I like, yeah, I mean, as okay. much as I like Des Bryant. At number seven, I have the Denver Broncos with Peyton, C.J. Anderson, and Demarius Oof. Thomas. Would they jump up any higher for you? No. All right, at number eight, this is a controversial one. Matt Stafford, Joyke Bell, Calvin Johnson. Controversial because it's ahead of some some uh, names that people are upset to see this far down on the list. Like I have at number 12, I have Drew Brees, Mark Ingram, Brandon Cooks. Oh, no, they don't deserve to be in that conversation. They should be no, they where should, they are. They can be where they All right, well, see, now, now I'm giving them to you, and now you're here. How about the Panthers? At number nine, I have Cam Newton, John Stewart, and uh, Calvin Benjamin. All right, so now see it's not so easy, is it? I got, I definitely got the top three correct. You can and, we can yeah, argue yeah, the order. The order is yeah. Go ahead. It's what? Steelers one, who else, who else, Packers who else, two. Who else, what other Seahawks what three? What other trios are out there? I'm trying. To, I just you, read them. Got, to you. I think Dave has the Giants at eleven. Eli, Rashad Jennings, Odell Beckham. Right. I mean, the running back is going to be a weakness mm-hmm. there. Could um, look at the Eagles. You could talk the Chiefs, Chargers at Rivers. Alex Smith, Jamal Charles, Jeremy Macklin. I mean. Uh. 
Yeah. They're not going to the be. The one that I think you've got ranked a little too low, Dave, if you ask me. At 20, you've got the 49ers with Kaepernick, Hyde, and Vernon Davis. Maybe I'm living in the past, but I still like Vernon Davis a lot. I think he was injured last Ooh, year. Yeah, dude. I was, I was Kaepernick okay. really yeah. – Kaepernick didn't stagnate I last he year. Did, he went backwards last year. So that's why I – Devontae Parker him. is the, the guy for the Dolphins. You, so you have him already – Already sight unseen. I have him at 21. It's not like I'm, I'm just not, saying. Not, the Dolphins, Ryan Tannehill, Lamar Miller, Devontae Parker. They're 21. That's Lamar insane. Miller had a fine I year. Mean, you could say Jordan Cameron over Devontae Parker, couldn't you? I could. I, could, okay. I, I mean, who else? Uh, Flacco said. How about the – I want to talk about rifle. these two. Let's talk about these two. At number 19, I have the Minnesota Vikings. Yes. A lot of Vikings fans are hitting me up saying – are, are expressing outrage over this one. Teddy Bridgewater had one good half season, and I think he's oh, headed oh. in the right direction. But where? Wait, oh, oh, oh. how wait high up should I wait have this team? But wait a minute, Levy and Bell only had one full season. Like, and you're saying you're anointing him the best running back in all of football history? Well, that's not true. He was he he was banged up. It doesn't it doesn't matter. Season. I don't care. But when like, he got that, in the field in his rookie season, he it, was dynamite. He was nice, but it was a part of a season. <laughs> it was a part of a season. So he so has one, one and a half. Season. He has one and a half. Uh, seasons of work to to prove he's been in the league two years. Teddy Bridgewater has been in the league one. I mean, like I'm just saying, like I think they but, can make a case. But Levy and Bell in that year and a half proved himself to be in the conversation of the best at his position. Teddy year. Bridgewater in isn't in anybody's conversation as one of the very best running and quarterbacks in the NFL. Last year, Levy did it, not his rookie year. No one was talking about Le'Veon Bell being the best running back uh, in football. His rookie you know year. Outside of you. you now, I was not. <laughs> outside of you. you were week outside one, of you. Week one of last <laughs> season, you. you announced he was the best player in the best <laughs> running back. <laughs> you actually compared him, league. and Daniel Jeremiah was in here with me. You actually said he's, he's kind of like Barry Sanders already. <laughs> and people can go back and find that. Oh my God! Ridiculous. At NFL.com check. Why would you spread lies like that? What? That's that not is at all. exactly I what I said. That's unbelievable. I said one year ago. Or unbelievable. A, you don't believe it, Buck. That's, that's what unbelievable means. Because I would un, believe it. That's if I unbelievable. Were you. No. you said that. No. Instead instead of of loud, can I tell you what I said, said instead, of, instead of uh, instead of you indulging these, these <laughs> baseless lies of handsome Hank? What I said was this. I said last August, getting a look at the slimmer Le'Veon Bell, I said he's got some wiggle that is reminiscent of Shady McCoy. That's what Jeremiah went crazy about, mocked me mercilessly, and then two weeks later he had to make public apology saying, you know what, I was wrong, you're right, Le'Veon Bell looks dynamite. That's what I said. I didn't say anything about Barry Sanders compared him to Barry Sanders. That's ridiculous. Barry Sanders. I thought the point, but I didn't. Yeah, that's do a that. lofty comparison. And I like. And I, I like didn't compare, but I didn't do it. So it's not. So what about Teddy Bridgewater, Adrian Peterson, and Mike Wallace as a trio? Is this is this team? I know it's. Beyond, this team is going to be. That team is. I going think to that be team very, makes very, the very playoffs. Good. Oh, I yeah, think, so I think they, Mike I think Zimmer they, with those corners, those big corners. I think I think they make the playoffs. I think Teddy Bridgewater lights it up because now he has Adrian Peterson. Um, and when you think about the Vikings passing game, I know a lot of people will say, like, how can you be so high on Mike Wallace because he flopped in Miami? I don't think that system in Miami was really conducive to the way he plays. He's a vertical playmaker. North Turner calls an offense that is a vertical stretch offense, meaning they push the ball down the field. They may not throw as often as some teams, but when they throw, they push it deep down the field. So Mike Wallace would get back to running what he ran in Pittsburgh, the go, the post, the comeback, things that allow him to use his speed. Uh, Adrian Peterson being in the backfield means that most teams will commit an eight-man box to stop the run. It leaves one-on-one on the outside. And so when you play action with a speed guy like Mike Wallace, it creates huge opportunities. Also in the middle. And, and don't forget about Corderell Patterson, just because he had a bum sophomore. When there's not even, it's not even him. It's another guy over there, Charles Johnson, mm-hmm. who started last year, second-year player, a guy that has come on like game busters. He's good. But they also have a Pro Bowl tight end in Kyle Rudolph. Yep. So when you look at that team from a skill standpoint, they have all the pieces in place to be outstanding. And on defense, that defense is going to continue to get better. Everson Griffiths is a real dude, Harrison Smith. And also I think Anthony Barr is going to be an outstanding player his second year. Uh, what about let's jump to and by the way I so are you calling a playoff spot for them because I think they do get yeah, a wild I think, card I, think I don't can. think they'll get past the I think pack. they pass I think they pass Detroit I think they become the team that is the second team in the NFC you know the thing with Detroit though is I look at their skill guys you know I do this uh, as I put these triplets together and then you realize 
of course, Golden Tate has a has a great 2014 Pro Bowl worthy, and Eric Ebron doesn't have a good rookie season, but you know it's a little soon. He's intriguing. Yeah, I mean he might he he may not, but he might take off this year. And fine, you remove Indomik and Sue and Nick Fairley, but you know Ziggy Ansah still is coming here. They have they have some pieces. I don't think this team just goes away. Like I feel no, like I don't, I don't, written them off. No, I don't. I don't think they go away. I, I think part of the reaction people have had with Detroit has been the way teams are looking or people are looking at the Minnesota Vikings. And mm-hmm. as we rattled off, that offense sounds like a really good offense because Adrian Peterson back in tow, you're now talking about an offense that can be physical, they can throw the ball around. Uh, I don't think Teddy Bridgewater is going to take a step back. I think he's going to continue to continue to excel and ascend. And so offensively, they can get after it. Defensively, they're coming on. They have some nice young players to get it done. And what I like about the Vikings when I look at them, they seem to have a connection with their coach, Mike Zimmer, that leads me to believe that mm. they have complete trust in what he's saying. And when you have that that kind of nature between players and coaches, I think they're going to do great things. I think the, his handling of the Peterson thing specifically, that Pe- you know, the way if you read it on a pay- piece of paper, it looks like he's taking a shot at Peterson, but Peterson – responds to it seems to it's in the delivery I suppose but it seems like Peterson came back specifically almost because of the things Zimmer was saying and the connection he had with Zimmer it's kind of like I want to say Ike talked Ike Taylor talked about this when he was there he talked about coach Tomlin yeah and how at the beginning of every meeting they have a thing called the news where they put people on blast or they hold people accountable most players in the league can deal with the truth as long as you give it to them don't hide it. Don't sugarcoat it. Just tell them exactly what you think and exactly what the expectations are. Most people have fallen in line. With Mike Zimmer, I felt like he was honest and direct with Adrian Peterson. And even if Adrian disagreed, he can respect the fact that the guy across from the table is a straight shooter. That's what players want, and that will lead them to gravitate towards the coach because they feel like he's going to give them honest answers. Do you, by the way, I, I said two years ago, and it, it, you know, sitting here in June of 2015, it still looks like a good trio. But you know, when you're doing this triplet thing, it is. If I would have said two years ago, here's what you would have: Heisman Trophy front runner Teddy Bridgewater. You know, lighten it up at uh, historyless. Louisville, you know, looks like uh, the first overall pick at the time doesn't end up being that. But if I said Teddy Bridgewater, Adrian Peterson, uh, you know, 2,000 yards and all that, and Mike Wallace coming out of Pittsburgh, you would say, well, that's got to be in the top two or three. I mean, that's you, think, be, you think that would be a dynamite trio? Yes, you absolutely It still would. should be. Um, let's talk about this uh, trio, though. It's intriguing. Rex Ryan rightly says we're loaded. The Buffalo Bills are are loaded, except, of course, at uh, the sport's most important position, quarterback. What do you make of this team? Are they? Are they I mean, I know you, we've talked about it. You said the Dolphins you think are going to win the division. But when I look at them, they are loaded. And if They're Castle absolutely just, loaded. I mean, Castle has had not it, – it's not a Scott Mitchell thing either mm-hmm. with Matt Castle. It's not Josh McCown in, a couple of years ago in Tampa having stringing together – or, I mean, in Chicago, you know, stringing together six good games. This is – you know, he's had – the season he had when he took over for Tom Brady, obviously that was a very good team, but, you know, he gets them to double-digit wins. Then he takes the Chiefs to yeah, a division crown, too. Kansas City. I mean, you know, that's enough for me to say, well, that's not – it's not a fluke. Yes, it's circumstantial. He's got to be on a good team. You can't – he's not going to lift a bum team only like, to the playoffs. There are only like three or four quarterbacks that can do that. What you're seeing in the National Football League, there is kind of a, a, a slight shift in the way people are building their teams. They're trying. General managers are trying to build a team that can withstand the quarterback not being a franchise quarterback or an elite quarterback. Everybody wants a Drew Brees or a Tom Brady or Peyton Manning, Aaron Rodgers, Ben, ben Roethlisberger. Oh, you third yard. I can't believe you mentioned him. Oh, I mean, what? I didn't know. I thought big, he was. I didn't man. know he was in the top. Uh, half oh, you didn't. Even of though, the quarterbacks. Even though, even though I said that he was number two in the quarterback rankings. Yeah, I know you, you know did. That? But then, so somehow yeah. you then you put him down when it when we're talking triple. I put down the trio. I don't know who's trio out of three. The... One, two, three. Like uh, I, I I'm just saying. Marshawn. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Yeah. Marshawn Lynch is terrific, but I there is no. You know what? Forget the fans. I would love to talk to GMs around the league and say, here you could have one of these two guys, Marshawn Lynch or Levy and Bell. They definitely for a year. I'm not talking for because then obviously they would go on age. I'm talking about for 2015. Which one of these two guys do you want? I I, I mean I can't say I guarantee you, but I. 
feel very strongly that more would say Levy and Bell than Marshawn Lynch. Nope. I mean, I don't know what to say to that. No, they wouldn't. They wouldn't tell you that. They wouldn't tell you that. Like, Marshawn Lynch is a proven commodity. I know exactly what I'm getting when I get Marshawn Lynch. Get me Marshawn a GM. Get Lynch. Ted Thompson on the phone. Marshawn I got to talk to a GM. Marshawn Lynch is the straw that stirs the drink in Seattle. He is absolutely the guy that makes I guess Levy and Bell is in Pittsburgh as well, given what happened in that playoff game when he Maybe. was out, huh? Maybe. Um, so the the Bills, you know, I'm starting to come around and think they're the not – because I said they're going to the playoffs. They I are. Think, I, think, I think they might take that. They're going to un- understand this, and, and I know um, a lot of people will say, like, oh, the quarterback, they can't win without the quarterback or whatever. But based on what I'm hearing from Buffalo up there, the only thing they need the quarterback to do is not mess it up. Mm-hmm. If we did, That's right. If we put this in basketball terms, all I want is a point guard that sets up everybody, makes a couple shots every now and then. I don't need you to be the score first point guard. Just let everybody else get off. Part of the way Eric they, Snow. That's it. That's <laughs> it. Just hey, just just bring the ball over half court and then let everybody else find a way to get their shots. Shady McCoy. They're talking about him getting 300 carries. Like, Shady McCoy has never had the opportunity to be a guy that's been a consistent bell cow, like getting 20-plus carries a game. You give him a ton of carries. You have a young, intriguing receiving core. Sammy Watkins, Robert Woods. You have Charles Clay coming over from Miami. Percy Harvin is an X factor. Um, They also really, really like Nick O'Leary, the rookie coming out of Florida State, Jack Nicholas's grandson. They think he has an opportunity to get on the field and to make some plays. And so offensively, they feel very, very good about their ability to be an offense that is dynamic. Uh, Look for them to run a lot of spread formation, spread sets, but then also bring it in and pound people. But defensively, they feel like they can knock it around with anybody. The only thing that they really have going against them, and I know people circle Castle, but it sounds like you and I are on the same page. I think he's fine. Pulls Look, the trigger when they're that loaded. Tyrod Taylor, Taylor may be the guy that ends up being the starting quarterback, though. It's funny that nobody looks at EJ Manuel as even a possibility. Oh uh, well, I think the, I think we on on this side, the media side, we probably come down too hard on EJ Manuel based on what he's done. He's played fourteen games. He's six and eight in fourteen games. It takes about thirty six starts before you can determine what a quarterback can do. But we have jumped on EJ. EJ can't play, so we're off of EJ. But if they have an open competition and they really look at Tyrod Taylor, Rex Ryan has been fascinated by Tyrod Taylor. Hmm. From the time he was in Baltimore, there's some sense of fascination with Tyrod Taylor's ability, not only to lead, not only to pass, but he gives you a dynamic playmaker with his legs. And when you think about all the weapons around them, having that one guy at quarterback that you can't necessarily account for as a runner it changes the game. It changes the dynamic. Also, defensive-minded coaches, guys who are head coaches that came from the defensive side of the ball, they understand the problem that a runaround player can present because when you're drawing up the defensive game plan, you're like, okay, we're going to go after the quarterback. We're going to blitz him. We have this guy. This is how we're going to defeat the protection. But when a guy's athletic and he can beat you in that capacity just with that, his athleticism, it scares you. And it's because of that – you're drawn to having playmakers like that. Look at the history of the league. The guys that were run-around quarterbacks, most of them played for defensive-minded head coaches. I, yeah, I, we've, you and I have talked about that. Yeah, the funny paradox of that. Defense lends itself to risky, risk-taking QBs more. You think it would be the opposite of that. Um, but, yeah, the only knock beyond the QB that I, I, I can uh, offer on the Bills is, um, is that there isn't much of a history of – all-star teams coming together in one season. You bring Shady, Percy to that group all of a sudden. A little bit, like, but it's only, you're only talking about, really, you're only talking about, you're talking about three guys, really, Charles Clay, Percy, and Shady. Typically, running backs can figure it out because that is a Well, and you're dropping Castle in there as well. Then he's yeah, yeah. Uh, Percy, Percy is a little more dynamic because I think a lot of people are going to put a lot of expectations on Percy that he's going to come in and be this wide receiver. But really, Percy's going to continue to be what he's always been. He's a gimmick and gadget player. He's a distraction. That's yeah, what he is. He's a distraction. He's someone when he comes on the field, every you'll see everyone on defense point on the other side to make sure they know where he's lined up. And because of that, his ability to be used on fake fly sweeps, reverses, those things, it allows you now to distract the defense and still give it to Shady McCoy. Finally, Charles Clay, his ability to push the to get down the field and really work in the seams. There are a lot of people that are like, oh, because I did this 
10 most talented teams. I had Buffalo ranked second, and I had Charles Clay listed as a blue-chip player. And part of the reason I had him as a blue-chip player is because in the last two years, he ranked sixth in receptions. He has a ton of touchdowns. He does a good job of working open, and the way they're going to use him as that hybrid fullback, split H-back, moving him around, they, in essence, can go with a four-wide receiver set with have a, a tight end on the field, and they force the defense into a conundrum because – how are you going to match up with that set and also deal with Shady McCoy in the backfield? What do you think, Buck, to say just to pay off uh, the promise that we would talk a little Cam here? So you got went back, you looked at some Cam stuff. I know he's not the tradi- you know the 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 track record. Well, I don't know a guy four years in what more he should have done. I guess if you compare him to Russell Wilson being in two Super Bowls in his first three years, but Cam Newton had the best rookie season ever as an individual. I think people forget that. He threw for 4,000 yards. He broke Peyton Manning's passing record and set a new record for rushing touchdowns as a rookie and he's, quarterback. He's among, you know, among all rushers, not QBs, among all rushers, he has among the most touchdowns since he got into the league. 33 touchdowns in four seasons. He's like, different. I know that it is not the traditional uh, path to a Lombardi, but – I, I'm also not defending all QBs who like to take off and run with the ball either. Different. Only guy in NFL history when you talk about 10,000 passing yards, 2,000 rushing yards. Um, and you can make the case. And there, there are some things that he certainly needs to clean up. When I watched him on tape, uh, he doesn't always incorporate his lower body into his throws. So because of that, you see a lot of his balls sail. He doesn't finish the way that you necessarily properly would like your quarterback to step in and deliver and do the things from a textbook standpoint. He has always been a guy that has been more talented than everyone on the field. And so sometimes when you have a very talented guy, they may skip a couple steps when it comes to the fundamentals. Coming out of Auburn, he played in a spread offense. Spread offense is vastly different than a traditional pro-style offense. So as an offense coordinator, you have to make a decision. Am I going to try and force Cam into my system, or am I going to kind of meet him halfway and do some of those things? His first two years, when you saw him have some success as a passer, Roger Jensky did a great job of mil- kind of melding some of those Auburn concepts. Consequently, he averaged 7.8 yards per attempt, 8.0 yards per attempt those first two years. Mike Shula is a little more conservative by nature, tries to do more of a dink and dunk system, asking the quarterback to be a little more precise. That's not necessarily Cam's thing. Mm-hmm. When it comes down to it, when the Carolina Panthers are in trouble, look at how they play. They go back to running the zone read. Cam either gives it to the running back, keeps it, and then they throw the ball down the field. That's who he is. That's who he always will be. And they have to be comfortable now saying, I gave him $100 million. We're going to let him play the style of play that is very comfortable to him because that's and, what he does. And practically, so his biggest knock, the biggest knock on him is he's inaccurate. Well, now he's got three big pass catchers. You expand the strike zone. That, that, right, that cover that up. Obviously, you see what, Cal, uh, what Kelvin Benjamin did in his first year. If he stops dropping the ball, now you throw another big guy out there and Greg Olson. I mean, I, I, I don't understand – it it seems maybe they're saying it rhetorically, but when they when people announce Cam's not worth a hundred million dollars, well, what is? And I'm not asking this rhetorically. What else was the solution there to well, let him go and then start from scratch? Well, I, Who are you, what are you going to do? I was on radio in Charlotte, and they were like, "Man, we just don't know about paying the quarterback to him." Well, that's the going rate. That's the going rate for a starting quarterback that has been there, that has won back-to-back division titles, that was the number one overall pick, the offensive player of the year, a two-time pro bowler. You're paying for all of those individual accolades plus the last two years of team success. So you have to pay him that. I just find it funny that there's this outrage over Cam, but there's no outrage over Ryan Tannehill a week ago when he got his money. So, it's, I mean, it's the same. Like, there's – there's not this ready-made quarterback that can come from the college game and light up the pro game and be a Tom Brady, a Drew Brees, or whatever in year one, two, or three. That doesn't happen. And I know everyone's like, well, Andrew Luck has been able to do it. But if you really dig down and look at Andrew Luck's numbers, he's been plagued and victimized mm-hmm. by the turnovers. His team also is not necessarily as bad as some of those people suggest. Look, he had Reggie Wayne in the building. He had some place. They they did a good job of drafting around him. Notice when they drafted Andrew Luck, they immediately drafted two tight ends, Dwayne Allen, Kobe Flaner. They also drafted T.Y. Hilton in that draft. They've continued to add pieces around him offensively to try and do it. 
with Cam. They didn't necessarily I do can, that until I the last couple the of years. That's exactly right. Um, and by the way, one more thing on Cam. I'm not. It's not throw Geno Smith in there. I don't throw Ryan Fitzpatrick in there. How about even if you threw Jay Cutler into the Carolina Panthers lineup on offense with the with the shoddy offensive line? Then you'd say, why are we paying Cam a hundred million dollars? Because I'm not talking the 32nd best QB in the league would do badly. I mean, like the 18th or the 15th best would. Re- if you put Andy Dalton, that's a good one. Throw Andy Dalton on the Panthers. See what happens then. See see if you you're willing to pay Cam a mil, hundred million then. Well, here, here's I guarantee you the answer is yes. You would. Here's the thing. I, I know, and and part of it's been driven by our fascination with fantasy football. We've talked about it at nauseum. Oh, the quarterback is the most important position on the field, and it is to a point. The quarterback cannot function without the proper things around him. I don't care who you are. Most quarterbacks need to have the running game to alleviate some of the pressure and slow down the pass rush. They need to have playmakers on the outside to allow them to get the ball out their hands to play the quick rhythm passing game to do some of those things. They need to have a defense that can slow down the opponent to give them extra opportunities. There's no quarterback that is winning the Super Bowl completely by himself. Every quarterback that has won at a high level has had the support in place to allow him to do what he's able to do. The closest to disproving that is Tom Brady in the second go-round against the Giants because they lost Gronk. Without Gronk, that team that lost on the Mario Manningham catch and so on. That was probably – That say, was the worst team would, that would, almost won a Super Bowl. Yeah, I would I would say so because that defense – In recent memory with the – Because that defense, that defense had no business being in that – and the and the Cardinals that almost beat the Steelers would have been a would have been a black eye for the NFL. Uh, now the a, only thing about that, Kurt Warner and Larry Fitzgerald and Bolden, I guess was, they were they were they were okay. They were okay. Of course, of course, a uh, uh, Steelers team losing the Super Bowl would be a black eye to the NFL to you. Well, it would be if, if that's that wouldn't be good if Kurt. Well, that team, but Kurt was playing at a high level. Yeah. that offense. But they didn't have a lot well. going. That team was Larry uh, Fitzgerald, one of the best. Well, you know, I think they had. A trio of wide receivers have a thousand yards that year. Oh, you know what? You're right. Steve, they also had Steve, Steve Breston. Yeah, right. Steve Breston, and then uh, Quan, and then also Larry Fitzgerald. They had three one thousand yard receivers. So offensively, they were pretty dynamic. And, and Edge in the backfield. That wasn't a t- all right. I, I retract that. Their record though indicated it wasn't. They it, wasn't it wasn't. It wasn't great. They got hot though. Yeah. And like now, what we're seeing is the hot team wins. Last thing. Uh, last thing before we wrap it up here. Buck NFL.com. Make sure you track down uh, the great Bucky Brooks work. At Bucky Brooks is how you do it. He tweets it all out there. And uh, if you go to NFL.com, you'll also find uh, all his uh, his keen pieces there, people hammering the both of us for our quarterback ranking still from a couple of years ago. I mean, I'll tell you, the New England the New England fans are really, really at me about – You asked I, for it. You, you asked the risk. Who, who knew the asterisk would, would, would call such a – I mean, oh, such consternation. People say, "Why, why do you read the comments board? Doesn't it, doesn't it bum you out?" No, quite no. the opposite. Like, it delights I, like, me. I, I, I cannot. So many get people enough. are so, so upset about the little asterisk. Like, I mean, oh, I, I just need, I need a little more time. Listen, thirty-one fan bases are not going to be happy with whatever you say. So I, it's always I fun. It. They're real. Patriot <laughs> passionation is the best, real though. Upset. The best is when Steelers fans talk about me. You don't know anything about football. If that's where I'm like. Well, I'm from Pittsburgh, and I'm a Steelers fan, so I'm not putting down the Steelers. I mean, by the way, here's the other thing. Here's the thing. When you say I'm a fanboy or whatever, who knocks the Steelers? Really knocks the Steelers more than I do in in, I, in, I, I in, in a you, national I never, space. I never hear you talk about the Steelers badly. Are you? I, me as well. I've never heard you talk badly. Well, they happened to win the division last year, so there yeah, wasn't so, a lot so, to so beat them up about. I, I, have, I, I just heard you proclaim. Are you Bill. crazy? I a Hall said, of Famer. can I tell you something? You, give, you gave him a, a gold jacket after two years. Well, let's see how biased I am. Bias would indicate that I don't see reality. Well, how about that I, in the last three years, have said in the preseason exactly what their record was going to be? How about that I called it on the nose three straight seasons? What about that? That's not bias. That's being uh, a, a fine prognosticator. And I put down the, the Steelers at least as much as anybody else. In a national space. Yeah, of course I, I did. I, I, never, I never hear you talk about them. Well, la- listen, when they won the division last year, that wasn't the season for you and I to be talking about how bad things were. Because you still believe that Franco Harris made the catch. <laughs> well, you believe that the, the, immac- the immaculate reception was, was, was a valid Every catch. time I go through the Pittsburgh airport, there's, uh, there's a life-sized <laughs> uh, statue of him making the catch. If he didn't catch it, they wouldn't have that, right, yeah, Bucky? I mean, just, you know. 
All right, let's get a pick on this one. Across that border, that Ohio uh Pennsylvania border, you know, it's funny. Just that 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 little division there has create on one side, you know, all the riches for the sports fans. Stanley Cups, World Series, Heisman trophies when they still counted, uh, you know, Super Bowls and so on. Cleveland, on the you could be on the wrong side. Nothing but heartbreak. However, over this next fortnight, there's a chance for LeBron, the prodigal son and company, to take bring home a title finally. Will they do it, Bucky Brooks? Yeah, I'm going for LeBron. I'm saying that the Cleveland Cavaliers find a You're way taking to get it them. done. Yes. I, I look, I like the style of play. I, like, I think it's nice the way Golden State runs up and down the court. They shoot ball. It's very exciting. It's almost yep. video game S. Yep. However, I think it'll slow down, and I think LeBron will find a way to kind of grind it out. I'm I'm surprised that the Cavs were able to make it to the finals in spite of their injuries. I think now that they're there, I think the best player in the game will find a way to kind of push him over top. And he also has two guys with him, and Amon Shumford and J.R. Smith, that can play a little defense that allows him to float and roam. I think you'll find a there way. There you go, because that's exactly right. I think the thing that people keep saying, that I, LeBron can steal this uh, single-handedly. No, he cannot. Uh, but fortunately for him, he has J.R. Smith. Uh, LeBron doesn't have to steal four games because J.R. Smith can steal one on his own. If he gets hot in one game, that's one game. Now LeBron has to get three. Kyrie Irving can steal a game. If he's, he, if he's healthy enough, that's the thing. If Kyrie Irby, Irving is healthy enough, what he can do is he can push back at Stephen Curry. He can make Steph have to guard. And if he makes him guard, that'll wear him down. Some of those jump shots in the fourth quarter may fall off the mark just because his legs are tired. I think it's important, though, that Irving is able to play because without him, it makes it more challenging. But I still like the way Cleveland has played defense in the mm-hmm. postseason. I think it's going to be a tough series. It's harder to assess that when LeBron's teams decide to turn it up on the defensive end, they get to be real tough to handle. And the other thing is, too, you know, another thing that's hard to quantify, but guys have a bad habit in, you know, the last 15 years from Shaq to – um, uh, LeBron himself. I'm trying to think of some other names. But guys, some big stars do wilt in the NBA Finals. I don't know why. You, they, you're in the conference finals one week, and then the finals, what's the difference? I don't know, but guys do oh, it's a bigger stage. struggle, a bigger, a big, uh, do a bigger. struggle on that big stage in their first go-round. Don't, let's, don't just assume Steph Curry and Klay Thompson are going to keep on doing what they've been doing. They well, might drop off. Pressure begins to kind of fall into this, and like everyone feels the pressure on both sides. But when you're Golden State and you're playing at home, I think that's almost bad for them. I try. Sometimes that's bad. And mm-hmm. and I'll I'll a story. When I was with the Kansas City Chiefs in 1997, we were the number one seed. We were playing at home versus the Denver Broncos. And what happens in the stadium when you're the favorite and everyone says you're the favorite when you're playing at home? The longer you stay behind, the more you feel the angst and the anxiety permeate the stadium. That filters to the field. So game one is critical. Because just to say Cleveland finds a way to win game one, that pressure continues to mount, continues to build. Game one, if I'm Cleveland, if they can steal game one, it really flips the balance of power. Boy, oh, boy. You, I mean, it's, it's like uh, you've been listening to my conversations. Real quick there, uh, power tie, give us your pick. Uh, I got I to gotta go with the Warriors. I think they, they have a, it could be a balance of power shift, and they could really put a stamp on the West. Um, it, with a victory, I take him in seven. I, you know what? It's I'm rooting for the story, and if you don't have a, a previous rooting interest, well, you know basketball fans win no matter who wins this series. Oh, it's a good, it's good either way. But for the story of it, for LeBron to leave Cleveland, what about what about the Warriors soft, waiting forty years too? I love it. It's a great story. A great Steph story Curry too. is a great fella by all accounts. Clay Thompson's a great fella, and everything else. Yeah. But the LeBron going to fancy South Beach and getting those titles, then deciding I'm going back home to write things. You know, let's end that story. I mean, not end it, but I mean, let's pay it off right now. Let's get – I want LeBron to win a title while he's still in his prime. And the only person I would feel bad for if that happens is Kevin Love. Because then what's Kevin Love thinking? Like, well, I did all this, and so that now do I go to Cleveland? Because the only thing I can do now if we don't win the title next year is take the blame that we didn't win it with me in the lineup. But if he were in the lineup, 
Think about we've moved on in this conversation about these finals from the Kevin Love factor. But imagine if Kevin Love had been healthy right now, they would have smoked that. They would have smoked everybody in the East. It wouldn't have been there. Wouldn't have been close games at all. They would have housed everybody. They'd be favored to win. And I think uh, you know I think they would be favored to win this series straight up without Kevin Love. Though it's all on LeBron. A hobbled Kyrie Irving. I say go get it, LeBron. Get it done. I hope he does. People didn't watch their last game they played in February. They beat Cleveland, beat Golden State. Yep. Kyrie Irving was hurt the last part of that game, and they still find a way to get it done. I don't believe there's this fear factor in terms of that great Golden State offense with Cleveland. I think they believe that they can slow them down and lock them up. Yep. Well, always great stuff, Bucky, except for you calling me a fanboy and a homer because it's. I mean, you are a homer. I, I root for my hometown team. It doesn't mean I'm blinded. I can tell. I know the difference between what I want and what I think is going to happen. And I say it all the time with frightening accuracy. All right, I'm going to wrap it up here. Thank you for coming in today, Bucky. Thanks to Handsome Hank, who snuck out a little bit early. Thanks to uh, Power Tie and Brandon behind the glass. We'll be back with more hooey and applesauce for you next week. In the meantime, thanks so much, football fans. It's been a thin slice of heaven. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. At JCPenney, fashion counts for everybody and everybody. The weather is getting warmer and it's time to swap my winter layers for fun, vibrant, and cool clothing with so many fun things happening this spring like Mother's Day and the Wind Down Tour. It's hard to find great looking clothes that fit you just right. That's why I love JCPenney. JCPenney has so many stylish and comfortable options for so many different body types. I've been blown away by their selection and everything hugs my body in all the right spots. Refresh your wardrobe this spring with style that gets you. Something to wear that fits your favorite moments of the season at prices that feel just as good. Discover brands that get you and put style and comfort first, like Worthington and Liz Claiborne for her, each in women's petite and plus sizes. Here, spring comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. JCPenney, make everybody count.